Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. We are completing our discussion of Gracism, the Art of Inclusivity by David A. Anderson. And just as kind of a brief review of our past three weeks, we first discovered the experiment of the red dot. How many of us remember the red dot experiment? Basically, what researchers did was they had several individuals in a group, and five of the individuals received red dots on their forehead. Five of the individuals received clear dots, but they were not visible. And five individuals received no dots. And then they went through a series of interviews. At the end, there was a debriefing. And the individuals that had the red dot on their forward, on their forehead, described that the interviewers were paying attention to the red dot on their forehead, and they felt very uncomfortable about being uh, sought out that way. The individuals with the clear dot, which was not visible by the interviewers, described the same experience. They thought they had a red dot, and they experienced that the interviewers were focusing on the red dot on their forehead. Individuals who did not have a dot did not have that experience. They just had an interview with individuals. And so what our author shares with us is that we all have dots. There's things in our life about leading us to feeling maybe insecure, leading us to feel more self-conscious in which we become more vulnerable. So we all have red dots. It doesn't matter. It's we all have them. He then went on to explain his definition of gracism. It's where we leave the attitudes and beliefs that cause separation and racism. And we elevate it to spirit. And we add the G of God, meaning we are walking in spirit. We are being a live instrument of spirit, and that becomes gracism. From there, we talked about several different sayings, and David Anderson mentions seven specific sayings of a gracist. And from examples Reverend Larry has shared with us, I will share with you. And he exemplified that saying by sharing with us an experience he had of white male privilege in a local supermarket where the manager of the store opened up a checker lane for, so that he could move through in front of a Latina woman who had a large basket of groceries. In that instant, Reverend Larry declined the special treatment and allowed the woman to proceed first. So in this, I will share with you means I will receive no special treatment that is at the expense of your benefit. He then went on to share with us, I will stand with you. And in that example, he was featuring the safety pin that our practitioner students shared with us as we launched the season for peace and nonviolence. And the safety pin signifies, I am a person 
who is willing to stand with you when you are feeling unsafe and vulnerable. I stand with you. It means that I am a safe haven. He also shared with us another saying, I will consider you. He shared an experience where a friend of his was purchased, a female friend was purchasing a new car and was a little uncomfortable about the negotiation feeling that there might be some discrimination. She asked Reverend Larry to accompany her on that trip. Reverend Larry was present and in there, I will consider you. I expect equal consideration for you as I would expect for me. I expect you to receive the same bargaining negotiation that someone would give to me. So in this sense, he shared that his friend was completely comfortable in the negotiations, but it was his presence that helped to say equal treatment. I will consider you and I want the same for you that I could expect in a situation like that. So that moves us to the seventh saying, which this week is, I will celebrate with you. And I don't know about you, but when I hear the word celebrate, I think of three dog night. So... (laughs) I may be revealing my age there, but celebrate, celebrate, dance to the music. And so today we're talking about celebrating with each other. And then we're going to wrap up our conversation of this book with what does it mean to become a gracist? So let's take a look at celebration. We'll start in this month's Science Magazine, licensed practitioner Eugene Holden states, celebration carries a high vibration of joy and joy is mixed with great doses of gratitude and gratitude is a creative energy. So when we celebrate life, life celebrates with us by providing more for us to celebrate. So it wasn't the high vibration of joy and celebration that caught my attention as I was reading the chapter for this week. What it was, was a question that David Anderson posed. And what he said was, can you remember a time when it was difficult for you to rejoice with someone else? And oh my, that took me all the way back to my sophomore year in high school. The summer between my freshman year and sophomore year, I had a job. And next door to where I was working was a small business that was owned by the parents of an upper classman. And oh, I thought he was sizzling hot. <laughs> now, member of the National Honor Society, member of the varsity wrestling squad, just sizzling hot. And I was sure that something was developing there. Well, as classes proceeded my sophomore year and it was time for winter formal, Wesley asked one of my girlfriends, Paula, to the winter formal. I wasn't celebrating. (laughs) And actually, I took it a little bit farther. She was sharing with me that she was making her formal and part of her formal was velvet And she had taken an iron, not understanding that you do not put a hot iron on velvet. And that there was a large damaged part on the lower part of her dress. 
Secretly, I was going, hmm, not going to be looking so hot at the formal, are you? <laughs> and I went home and I shared that with my mother, thinking my mother would be my ally in this. But oh no, my mother was a gracist way before the word ever came. And she said, Marilyn? Yeah, it was like, it was like that. Her voice was a little bit softer, but it was that kind of thunder. She said, Marilyn, go and call Paula and ask her if she needs our help finishing her dress. I went, but mom, she's going with Wesley. And she said, yes, Marilyn, that is true. And she said, but it is never the right thing to do to delight in another's misfortune. She said, you must remember you are Paula's friend and this is her first formal dance and she does not have her mother to share this experience with her. What my mother reminded me was that Paula lost her mother to cancer and that I was her friend and I needed to be willing to celebrate with her. My mother, of course, was right, and I did the right thing. And I remember being on my knees helping Paula pin the hem of her formal. And she went to the dance, and I learned a very valuable lesson, and that is that it is never okay to delight in another person's misfortune. It is our job to reach out and help others. And David... Uh, David Anderson puts it this way, celebrating each other's successes and wins is critical to unity. Get this. Jealousy and covetousness brew the poison that brings dissension to the body. So my mother, long before David Anderson's gracism, knew it's never okay to delight in another person's misfortune, and that in a situation like that, we must reach out and lend a helping hand. Well, as I read the headlines this week, I thought of my mother's wise counsel. On Monday morning, the headline was, American Muslims raise money to repair vandalized Jewish cemetery. Can you imagine if the Muslim community had responded to that call the way I responded in high school. Can you imagine? But oh no, that isn't what happened. What happened was that they chose, to a, they chose a gracist response. What they did is they started a fundraising campaign online. And here's what the organizers of the fundraising campaign stated. Through this campaign, we hope to send a united message from the Jewish and Muslim communities that there is no place for this type of hate, desecration, and violence in America. We pray that this restores a sense of security and peace to the Jewish American community who has undoubtedly been shaken by this event. As of yesterday, the headline read, Muslim community leaders launched a campaign to help repair a historic Jewish cemetery in University City, a suburb of St. Louis, which was vandalized last weekend. Donors surpassed the initial goal of $20,000 within three hours, more than $85,000 in the first 24 hours, and in one week, $127,287 were raised. This 
is cause for celebration. This is cause that shows that when people breed hate and violence, there is a different response. We can come back and celebrate someone else and say, I am there to stand with you. I will help you. I bring peace. I bring unity. I bring harmony. This is a celebration for all of us because what has happened is that the actions of the Muslims in this situation is life affirming. There is more respect, more acceptance, more unity and the restoration of a sense of security and peace. And from this example, we can, in, we can learn to enjoy our differences, stand up for each other as collaborators, and say, I will stand with you and celebrate. So, Mom, you were right. And so the last portion of David Anders, Anderson's book is about becoming a gracist. And lest we think that this is about doing rather than being, I would like to share with you a story of an occurrence that happened on April 4th, 1968, the day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. On that day, Robert F. Kennedy was in a presidential primary. And that day he was scheduled at the invitation of a civil rights leader to speak in an African-American community in Indianapolis, Indiana. When his plane arrived in Indianapolis, the mayor, Richard Luger of Indianapolis, along with the police force, met the plane and said, do not go to that campaign event. It is dangerous. There is a potential of rioting. And Robert Kennedy's response was, this is exactly when I need to be there. He went unguarded to 17th and Broadway in Indianapolis. There was a very large crowd. Many were intending to riot. And in that moment that he stood on the platform, it was his consciousness of being as he spoke from a heart filled with love unity, and harmony that quelled a riot. On that night, he appealed to the individuals and said, yes, he could understand that they may have hate in their heart. And for the first time in public, he acknowledged the pain he experienced when he lost his brother, President John F. Kennedy, to an assassin's bullet. He said, yes, I too had a member of my family killed and he was killed by a white person. And so he made the greater appeal that there was not a place for violence in this situation, that what we really needed was peace and harmony, that we did not need more divisiveness. On that night, because of Robert F. Kennedy's presence, he quelled a riot. What happened on that night was 36 cities across America experienced major riots. Over the coming week, 76 cities experienced riots. 46 people were killed. 2,000 people were injured. 28,000 people were jailed, but not in Indianapolis. 
In Indianapolis, there was only peace and unity. And today, on the site where Robert Kennedy spoke, there is a peace monument dedicated to Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. You can see it. I went there this summer. It was an amazing experience. The energy is palpable. So what I'm sharing with you is that it is our presence of being that matters first. Ernest Holmes put it this way. He said, when our word is spoken in this consciousness of life, power, and action, then our word is life, power, and action. This is what occurred that night on April 4th, 1968. The energy is palpable and it still ripples through communities. So I say to us, where are we in terms of a commitment to be a gracist? And I have a little experiential, Marcy, will you demonstrate with me? Something I learned in ministerial school the last time I was down at San Diego campus. And this is about not only acknowledging diversity, but moving to a consciousness and an attitude of interdependence. And so I'm going, Marcy and I are going to demonstrate a little ritual, and then I'm going to invite you to turn to your neighbors here today and proceed and do the same thing. So this is acknowledging diversity and moving to interdependence. The first that we do is soft eyes is namaste. Namaste. When we say namaste, we are saying, I acknowledge the divinity within you. So to acknowledge the divinity within someone is to say, I acknowledge you just for who you are. And then we take it a step further. We move to interdependence. And the word that was used by the trainer was Ubuntu. It's an African word, and it means my life has meaning in your life. Your life has meaning in my life. Together, we are interdependent. And the movement is Ubuntu. So it's a double high five, but gentle. Okay? So it's Namaste, Ubuntu, and then it's thank you from our heart. Okay? So is that something that you're willing to share with your neighbor? Let's just kind of turn to our neighbor. Oh, yeah. okay. Namaste, Ubuntu, thank you. Namaste, Ubuntu, thank you. Namaste, Ubuntu, thank you. Okay. Feels really good, doesn't it? Yeah, Namaste, Ubuntu, thank you. So as we move forward through the week, I encourage you to take time to be a participant observer in your life. When I went through facilitator training, they said, you must be a participant observer, meaning that you're participating fully, yet you have the capacity to observe 
all that is going around. So I'm asking you not only to be active in your life, I'm asking you to be an observer of what is happening. And here's what I'm asking you to observe. Ask yourself, am I coming from love, peace, harmony, unity? So as you walk through your day in each situation, just take a moment when you can and ask yourself, am I coming from love, peace, harmony, unity? Be gentle with yourself because we are expanding our consciousness to the beingness of gracism. And so observe, where is it easy for me to be this consciousness of love, peace, unity, harmony? And then also look, where is it challenging? I know I have a couple of spots in my life that it's challenging. And yet I give myself permission to simply be. I'm doing my best. And I know that over time, my consciousness too will grow into being able to accept certain situations. So that concludes our discussion of gracism from the art of the art of inclusion. We've looked at what is the definition of it. We've recognized that we all have a feeling of a red dot on our forehead. And we have seven sayings to help us be a gracist. And we have an opportunity to really check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, am I being this consciousness that can heal the world? On the night of April 4th, 1968, Robert Kennedy was the consciousness of a gracist. And what happened was it quelled violence. It stopped violence. Violence could not exist in that same space. And we have that power too. So let us go forth this week and have fun with it. If you remember Namaste, Ubuntu, thank you. Share it with friends because it does lead to connectivity. And then allow yourself to see, who am I? Am I being this consciousness of a gracist? So let us pray. In this now moment of the infinity of all that is, all that was and all that ever will be, there is one power, there is one presence. It is the all-originating source of all life. It is love, for it is the eternal givingness of life, giving of itself to itself. And it is love, peace, harmony, unity. I know it to be the truth of my life, for I am of this essence. And I know it to be the truth of each person here today. For each person here today is an individualized expression of the one. So I claim and affirm and I speak my word for and about being a gracist as we move forward in turbulent times. I claim and affirm that there is a willingness to open our heart and open our mind and embrace love, peace, harmony, and unity. That there is a willingness to be gentle with ourselves when we stumble. That there is a willingness to acknowledge our ignorance when we may slip and choose to delight 
in someone else's misfortune. In these instances, there is a willingness for forgiveness and for love of self. And so I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is. Each person here, an individualized expression of that light, that love, that harmony, that unity, and that all is well. And so I release my word into the activity and action of the law, that eternal servant of spirit that always says yes. And so with complete conviction, together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.